If you want to sow seeds, you have to prepare the ground. Today, I am so happy to be talking to Patrick McCormack. Patrick is an old friend, an organic farmer, and a poet. He is a passionate voice for the messages that nature and Ireland's philosophers and mystics are trying to express. I'm also delighted to be able to do this very special Nature Magic interview in person, at a correct social distance, of course, for the first time as lockdown regulations have eased. Please excuse the wind and leaves knocking off the microphone. The conversation was recorded at St. Patrick's Well on Patrick and Cheryl McCormack's farm in the Boron, County Clare, in the west of Ireland. And I hope Patrick's inspiring and deeply considered words will spread far and wide. Welcome, Patrick McCormack. Hi, Patrick. Thanks so much for talking to us today. I'm really happy to be talking to Patrick. Um, can you tell us where we are? Well, we're over here on the ash trees. And um, actually, the old address of the place is Pauna Lauer, and uh, which means the hole of the leopard. And um, we're here in a little cove in, in the woods. It's by a blessed well called Bullon Padre, um, St. Patrick's Well. Down through the years, people would have come here. There was a cure for the eyes here. People had come here two Thursdays or a Monday, two Mondays and a Thursday. And there was a set of prayers associated with this well. But unfortunately, they died with a neighbour, my cog lady, over the road here. Mm. And um, I wasn't here in time to collect them. Like, you know, but it is a, a lovely little corner here and um, still an odd person comes like actually there's a woman that we go to Kathleen Lynch in Kilfenora that claimed she was cured here she got some fungus in her eyes she was, when she was a young woman but she always credited to being cured here just oh, yeah. nearby that was Timpel Padraig it's Temple in the Padraig okay so we're near Kilnaboy yes which is in the Burren yes County Clare yes how did you become a nature lover well, no, that's a very sweeping question. <laughs> but at the same time, um, I suppose, like, uh, you know, this, it's, 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 uh, I would say that I cherish being alone in the barn. Um, I cherish uh, the times I would have spent alone in those hills. And um, I would hope, like, that, um, you know, this this journey we have through life, it's about learning. It's about learning how to be in the world, how learning, you know, I would hope with God's help to learn in life's journey, how to love the world, and how to love nature, and how to love where I am. And um, it is a life's journey, and it's, a, it's something that um, we have to get up every morning, we have to learn to do. But I would always hope that I'm in that conversation. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do um, and introduce yourself and what you do in the Burren and your farm yes, yeah, and we, everything you have? Yes. Well, farming is my passion. Um, it's what I do. It's all I know. Uh, the minute I step out of our home, I step into a six-acre field and uh, we don't have any tarmac or concrete or anything like that. And um, so it is, uh, it's what I do. It's raised calving cows, lemon yaws, sown a garden. 
you know, and as a, a farmer, I suppose, like, I look up at those hills there and, you know, there's way on top of that ledge up, ledge up there in Shlieve Maglusha, the rolling graves over, up there, older than the pyramids of Egypt. And um, I always felt like there was a sense of awe and astonishment to say that I'm here in that long, long, long human story going back 8,000 years, like, you know, walking those hills. Um, you know, I would say that this landscape, I received it in pristine condition. And um, it is a challenge to pass it on, like, in the same condition, with the way the world is and all that's happening in the world. And I suppose the attitudes, the herbicides, the pesticides, the chemicals that we have at our disposal, you know, We've arrived at a point in the 21st century, more or less, by chance, you know. So, um, it's what I do, and it's... Um, do you have a favourite plant or animal that you'd like to tell us about? <laughs> Again, like, that is uh, um, a sweeping question. I love, <laughs> I love all plants, I love all animals. Um, I think in the barn, like, one of the wonderful things about being in the barn, like, you know, you know, we're after out in those hills, we heard cattle up in those mountains. And, um, you know, the first thing we look for is the blue grass, because the old people used to say when the blue grass of the canavan, they used to call it, would come, the worst of the winter would be over. Like, so when that little blue grass would start to appear in the first week of March, and maybe a very mild spring, the last days of February, like, you know, a little bit of excitement would happen. Cattle were getting just that little bit of nutrients to take them over the, the next few hungry weeks. And of course, then everyone were all waiting for the gentian. You know, the gentian, my God, like, and you'd see that incredible blue coming out of the burn because the burn is actually shoring, shorn out of its color at that time of the year. Like, there's nothing only brown and dark. And, and you see this blue, like, the most incredible. Actually, it is said, like, you know, the mystics will tell us, like, you know, that that's the first color we meet when we pass over on the other side, is that color is the first thing we'll see. Like, the gentian, you know, the wonderful thing again, like you can see the volume, you know, the next that will arrive will be the early purple orchid. And of course, this is the most incredible thing, each wave of flowering during the year, like each wave of flowering, Bournemouth Rose is one of my favourites. My favourite. Is it, yeah. Mm. It's absolutely incredible. And it lasts so short, like, you know, and it blooms for two weeks. Like, the Potentilia down by the turnip is blooming now, like, the, you know, it's the Hawthorn. My God, when the Hawthorn comes in and blossoms, like, the Blackthorn. So, like, it's it's literally like it's, um, like, to be part of the spring rising. To be part of the spring rising. Be part of the energy, the, the color of you know the celebration of life itself. Like crepes, you know, it's, it's, it's like you could literally go crack. Like you know, when you really think about it, well about it. It's, it's, it's marvelous. It is marvelous. And you were telling me one day about your love for the peregrine falcon and the symbol of the peregrine with its depth of vision and focus. Uh, so there's peregrine falcons around. Yes, yeah, Here. well, it's the peregrine falcon, I always say, the nest in the cliff up there. I always say they were my life's greatest uh, greatest teachers. And um, 
it's just that they're, you know, they're soar so high in the sky, like the way they, their vision is something like 15 times that of ours. And um, they migrate for, for the, you know, maybe to the, the coast or wherever for the winter. And then in the springtime, there'll be about the nest you hear this cry, this eerie cry of the falcon. Like, when it really, I can feel the rush of blood, you know, when, when I hear them, like, you know. And of course, you know, the skylark in the mountains, my God, like, the skylark, that little, you know, if, my God, how she builds out her cell all summer long, like, you know, how it's incredible, really, like, and, um, you know, they all have, you know, we always look for the omens as well. Like, it's, it's um, you know, I see, for instance, a heron flying towards the mountain. If it's flying low towards the mountain, it's a sign of rain. Um, we'd be looking for all these signs. If the water in this close to the, the river or the pools, it's a sign of a dry year because the water in was never cut out. Like she <laughs> you know? So we look for all these signs. Like, but the omens are there, like, you know, even the little stoat that crosses you know, in front of us in the road. Like, I never saw a stoat without a little bit of luck coming my way, a financial luck, you know, coming my way. Like, so I always look at the stoat as good luck. Good so there's all these little omens out there. And um... So we had a pine martin the other day. He came very close to the house and she did actually. She ran across the canopy of the trees. Um, sycamore trees. I think she was looking in the crow's nests. Yes, a bit so I don't know if yes. she was giving us any sort of an omen. Yes. <laughs> Actually, they moved into my my grandmother's house. It's vacant at the moment up the road there last year. And um, of course, they destroyed really, like, you know. But um, some of the family, anyway, organized a trap to trap her and so forth. Like, But I got up in the middle of the night. I just couldn't sleep. Like, <laughs> I just, you know, they had a magpie inside in the trap. Like, But I went up and Opened the door, got the key, and just walked it off the unfortunate magpie in it off. <laughs> Took out the trap. Like, I just couldn't think of the idea of, it, you know, of she, you know, because yeah. she had her young inside in the house, but yeah. she literally destroyed it. Like, you, know. you should have put a teddy in the trap. Probably, <laughs> probably like, you know, but it's just, uh, you know, I, you know, it's just to be part of that, like, you yeah, know. And, William Wordsworth said one time, like, you know, and I don't hold the high moral ground here, like, but he had a wonderful line where he says, Nature never betrays the heart that loves her, like, you know. So, like, we have to, um, you know, be part of it, like, and to, to realize, like, you know, we're living with this old COVID 19 virus at the moment, like, and I think we have to realize, like, that part of it is nature fighting back, like, you know, because the world is so incredible, like, you know, we, we, we humans think we, we, we have all the answers, like, but, you know, we're only mere little grains of sand, like drifting, like living in hope, like, you know, the force of that universe. Like, it's like, I often say, it's like a virus when it comes into a healthy body. What will the healthy body do? Well, it will kick in the immune system and it will push the virus, up, the virus off. Like, but when you, we humans, over seven billion of us, becomes a parasite, like, it's only common sense what's going to happen. Like, the force of that, the sheer force of that energy of nature and the power of the universe would push that parasite, which is the human person, slowly off the planet. Like, and that is why I would have concerns about the human story, really. Like, you know, I would have concerns right now about the human story because, like, you know, we only arrived here by circumstance. Like, you know, to see 
what we have at our disposal, the machinery we have at our disposal, like life itself on the planet now becoming a delicate plant like you know. So we have really we have really to look in the mirror like this to what's happening and where we are going like, you know. And, you know, it's um actually I you know, in 1997, I tell this story sometimes, like Figer 1, the spacecraft was launched 40 years ago. It has traveled, we are told, 13 billion, not 13 billion, but 13 billion miles out there, out there in the universe. And it's taken, sending, still sending photographs back to the Earth. But when it traveled 6.5 billion miles out there, they had some technology at the time 40 years ago. We probably have more technology in our keys for starting the car now, just to turn the camera around and take a picture of, of, of planet Earth in among the rest of the planets there. And it showed planet Earth just as a grain of sand drifting. And inside that grain of sand, there were seven billion human beings living with millions of other animals and creatures of different sorts. You know, there's an ocean strapped around us, held together by the force of Gravity. And it was, as we stand here at this very moment, you know, we're traveling at 600 and 6,600 miles per hour around the sun. And the chance, you know, and the Earth is, is, is rotating on its own axis on a, at a thousand miles an hour. So the chance that we are here, like, the chance that we are standing here, the chance that we are here among the trees today, like, it's one in a billion, like. So to be you know, that's why we should be always in awe of life and the wonder of life. And like to be part of that conversation with nature, like it should never ever be privileged in any shape, way or form. Like it's just a wonder of life, like and like it's 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 um you know the magic of that, like the potentiality and the possibility of life. You know, my God, like it's 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 to be alive today and to cherish the planet and to cherish the generosity of the planet is something that, you know, it should be before us, behind us, and all around us every day of our lives. That's a great message. And I think we underestimate the intelligence of nature. Absolutely. And, um, Absolutely. Yeah. We underestimate it. It's a different intelligence, but it's no less yes. than ours. Well, as John Moriarty would say, between intelligence, we wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We should wait a bit more. Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you did talk about spirituality. Have you had any spiritual experiences in nature in particular? Maybe you've spoken already about this with the well and yeah, anything well, that comes to mind. Well, I would hope that every time I walk up to a hills there is a spiritual experience, really. Like. Mm -hmm. And um, as I said, like, you know, all the time we look for omens, um, you know, I always associate like a few times, like with birds, especially like in friend, you'd lose a friend or something. They always come, like, whether it's the robin or a sparrow. But again, the peregrine falcon would be, um, you know, the like, the biggest challenges in my life. Like they would have come like at different periods. Like, really? you know, and I know the message they came with. Like, you know, mm. and more or less saying that everything was going to be all right. Like, mm. you know? but, um, like it's, like it's even the rock that we are sitting on, like, you know, it's, you know, the depth, the density, the age of it, like. Um, it has a spirit. It has a spirit, like, you know, there's mm. a story told about um, Michael Angelo, the famous artist in, in, in the 16th century, when he um, 
done the King David in the Louvre Museum in, in Paris. And uh, when he got all this adulation of the incredible piece of art it is, like all he said was, like, sure, all I'd done he said, was re reveal what was already released and revealed what was already within the stone, like, you know. So, like, um, I would say, like, you know, that we were lucky enough in the barn here to have people like John, I don't know, and Michael Cusick and writers and visionaries like John used to say, like, you know, that his whole ethos in life was the sacredness of matter, really. Like. His whole ethos in life was the sacredness of matter. Yeah. Is there any saint that's special to this land or to you that you might call on for help? I've been calling on St. Francis lately yeah, to help right. me with herding, so well, he is very helpful. The secret is to stay in with them all. <laughs> that's my only advice. Though. That was the advice my neighbour gave me, poor James Howard got to be good too. Stay in with them all, he said, like, you know. So, yeah, that's very know, good. You know, but, um, that's, yeah, I was trying to get a cow and a calf in from yeah. a big meadow. And I asked St. Francis, because everyone asks St. Anthony constantly yeah. for things. So St. Yeah. Francis actually likes herding. Yes, I found yeah. that. Well, I, yeah, well, I actually, doesn't a day go, like, but if, I've, if I was being pushed, like, and I'd mic up to the old fort or a, a wage to my dude constantly, like, and say, bye is now, come on. He yeah. watched me suffering with the last hour. <laughs> Any chance of a little hand? Really? Yeah. yeah. Sure as Christ, it works like. It does. it does work. I was standing in the middle of the field with this wild cow and calf and no one to help, no one yeah. to ring. It was Sunday. And I said, St. Francis, if you're not busy, could you please help me? Yeah. And a lot of swifts came down around the cow and she walked straight up to the gap in the far corner of the field and out into the barn. You see, there is another way. Like. <laughs> so I can recommend way, like. him. There is another way. Like, you know. Maybe I might give him a rest for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Bob? Flaherty, have you met Bob? I do know Bob, yes. So yeah. Bob had lost his cow. Anyway, he was telling me, I lost the cow. Yeah. We can't find her anywhere at all. Yeah. Can't find her. And I said, well, have you asked St. Francis? Because he likes herding. Yeah. And he said, no. I, I said, well, come on, ask him. Dear St. Francis, please can you see if you can find the cow? And the phone went off in his pocket. And it was David, his son. I was like, Bob, I found the cow. She was down at the tide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just so. say, ask and you will receive. Just, <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. So the next question really is, what actions can you recommend for just anybody really um, that might help nature? Yeah, well, that's, um, I suppose, like, in many ways, we, we have to prepare the ground, like, you know, you, you have to do the groundwork. Like, if you want to sow seeds, you have to prepare the ground, like, you know. Like, um, we live in, a, in a, such a strange time, like, you know, say how can we shift like you know how can we shift the focus you know because to be honest like the whole education system like it's all geared to take something from the planet like to be successful you know in monetary septarums like for careers like you know so how can we shift the focus like on um on putting something back into the art like and i haven't the answers like you know but like I Brian think Mc that's a great yeah. message to prepare yeah. the to prepare, prepare the, the ground. ground. Like but Brian McMahon, the Irish writer, said one time, like actually he was speaking about the Irish language, he was. He said, "No idealistic goal can be achieved through fear. It needs to be inspired by some kind of contagious or dynamic love." And like you know, somewhere on those paths, like you know, but to engage in real conversation. And how do you do that? Real conversation, like you know, because 
things happen out of conversation. Instead of talking to our phone, real conversation, meeting like Martin Barber, he was a Jewish philosopher, said one time, like, all great living is about meeting. Like, so to nurture that point of meeting, like when you meet a landscape, even when you meet another human being, nurture that point and make it, a, like when you get up this morning, the sun is shining and the breeze is blowing today, like, nurture that meeting. Nurture it like, you know, someone said like, you know, your soul is the pint you meet the world at, like, you know, but make it an incredible meeting, like, you know, you meet that landscape, you know, the barn is, is not maybe this year with the COVID, but uh, there's a lot of people come to the barn now, like, you know, there's a city here, and oh, I love the barn, I love the scandal, I love the cliffs, and I love Dolan or Kimbara or whatever, ever, like, Again, that's a sweeping statement, like, you know, but to really, the world of nature, like, I, 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 I would describe it like as, it's something you have to let flow to you, you know. You have to give it time and space. To, it, it has to really work on you, like, and I mean, I'm not trying to hold the high moral ground or anything like that. It's a bit like the Holy Spirit, like, if, you know, it's not something you can go out and buy and experience. It's something you have to sit back, like, let it flow to your life, you know? And, um, I mean, it's easy to talk grand words like this. It's a challenge, like life is a challenge, like the challenge of living itself is, is a challenge, you know, that's going on, like, but, but like somewhere in our hearts, like, you know, we have to search for that, those avenues, like somewhere in our hearts, like, you know, we have to reach for that. That's not something, you know, we have to reach for those avenues and let this world that's a brilliant message it's a brilliant message and we were talking about earlier that everybody has important things to say absolutely you know everyone every, has a story to tell everybody should have a voice absolutely yeah. so the more conversations and stories like you know really stories are the cornerstone of, of every culture mm. you know, I'm a believer in that I'm a believer in the story don't ask, as John Moriarty says don't ask is the story true or false just leave it on the latch Stories are the cornerstones, and everyone has a story to tell, and everyone should be given that platform. Mm. We listen to so much, my God, tonight, like when you see the rubbish, the conversation that's in the media, when you see the, you know, talking about short buttons, talking about silly, silly films, talking about, you know, the absolute rubbish that's out there, right? To detox yourself from all that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the shores, the, it's, it's absolutely um, soul-destroying, spirit-destroying. Um, you know, no chance for the human person to develop or to grow or to be part of something real. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, we have to go back to the natural. We have to go back. To see the human person really, Mary, we need ritual and instance that we've watched we say maybe the fall of, of religions and often religions like in many ways they were guilty of distraction some of them but yet it was a it was ritual it was ritual, a framework it was a framework and rituals are important and education now is trying to fill that void and it isn't the words of the language to do so mm -hmm. so like there's a generation literally lost you know? so um, how is that going to begin or how is that going to change I'm not sure
conversation. We have to engage in conversation. Is a start. Is a start. Yeah, and as we can see, things can change of overnight. <laughs> as we witnessed it in the last Absolutely. couple of months, that everything has yes. changed. Yes. Um, so my next question is, do you have any nature book or particular book that you'd like to recommend to our, re our listeners? There's so many of them, like, but I mean, what I remember reading Barry Lopez, he's an North American writer, Arctic Dreams, it's kind of a life changer, like, I think it's, that was an incredibly rich book, like, I'd recommend it to anyone. Uh, Colin Tudge, Social We Reap, wonderful book, even the, just the introduction to it is worth, is worth, uh, is worth reading, just buying it for the introduction, it's, it's fabulous. Um, I like John Moriarty's. You know, the psychology, like John, I don't know who I'd, um, you know, but those ones on, 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 on out in the, in, in, in the Arctic in Hudson Bay and up there, and his, his descriptions of wildlife was, was just incredible, like, you know, but it's, uh, so there are a couple that I would recommend, like, Thank sure you. many more, like, um, just and you're friends with John O'Donoghue? Yeah, John, of course, Anam Cara. We can't Anam mention Cara. Anam Cara was just uh, like a, you know, Anam Cara was, um, was, was, was Anam, you know. So Anam Cara for listeners not in Ireland means? Yes, yeah, soul friends. Soul friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, like it's, it's uh, but every culture has their, has their books like, but it's just uh, like we need to go back reading, go back talking, go back telling. So, if you had a magic wand, what would you do for the planet right now? <laughs> well, you know, I suppose plastic is our gift to the world, isn't it? Our generation gift gift to the world. <laughs> I'm hoping there's a, there's a use for it. We can reabsorb it. Oh all my the God! Facts. Like, I mean, it's just. <laughs> I mean, in the farming industry, like, and if I may just talk in general about it, like, you know. Um, as a farmer, like, and as a food producer, like, um, you know, like when I grew up, every farm was a little industry, you know. Nothing was specialized. You had your four or five milking cows, or my father, we had, he had eight, God be good to him. And you had your few sheep, and you had your pig, and you had your chickens, and you, you had your garden. And now, of course, it's gone self, you know, it's, you, 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 you either milk 200 cows, or you don't milk at all. You know, you have 500 sheep, but you don't have sheep at all, or you have 100 suckling cows, or you don't have cows at all. Like, so it's gone so spe specialized, like, you see. So extreme. Extreme, like. Yeah. And then, like, in that extremeness, we have lost, you know, good husbandry because of the scale. We have lost, um, you know, because of the herbicides and the pesticides and the scale of what we're producing. The only way we can, we can, um, you know, there's, there's something like now one labor unit per thousand hectares, like, is not out of the norm, like, and that, that's only done with, with, with chemicals, like, you know. So, in many ways, a lot of these biotech companies and a lot of these chemical companies has infiltrated our education system. And there's a belief out there that grass was, wouldn't grow without nitrogen. It's, it's one of the things that I change in the morning is actually ban the use of nitrogen because it has made and put farming back as a business again. Because the people that are funding at the agricultural colleges, many, many times they're IFI fertilizers. Like, so he, he who pays the piper calls the tune. Like, so like, it's, it's, farming is not sustainable. It is not sustainable. We put out more nitrogen than any, probably any other country in the world. And um, 
character-like, and, and, and it's like the safety of that, what it's doing to the waterways. What I've seen in my lifetime, you know, as a child, we fished the rivers and the lakes in North Clare. Lakeen Lake, it supplies water to all of North Clare. There was brown trout and Arctic char 25 years ago. There's none left now. The Arctic char survived the last ice age, and they're, they're gone now. There was only two or three lakes in Ireland, and it's gone, and it's gone because of, 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 of bad farming practices. And, Local authorities washing out systems with aluminium salts, like and planting planting uh, these spruce trees along the shore. Okay, the sickness spruce. It's taking the aluminium out of the stone. Out of the stone, the, the soil, and washing it into the water. And that is why one of the levels, the levels of aluminium in Lycane Lake has went up by four percent. It was four or five times above the, the European safety net, like. But that was kept, like, it was an international scandal, like. But I mean. Our performance is not good, like, you know. Between 1960 and 1984, um, 30, over 30% 30 of the archaeological sites in the Burn were bulldozed, paid for by e, the, the National Exchequer and EU funding, like. So our record is not good, like, you know. But the whole ethos, like, the herbicides, the pesticides, the volume of chemicals that we use in agriculture is 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 mind-boggling, like, you see. And it's, it's down because, you know, Farm, we have to make farming the business again, like, and we have to go back, like, like to the, you know, to the solid principles of, of sound biology and, and basic common sense. Yeah. Really, like, you know, and unless we have a conversation around it, where is the truth going to come from? This is the question. Where is the truth going to come from? Because you can believe nothing. Yeah. You know, my, <laughs> my grandmother is saying, like, believe nothing you hear and half of what you see, like, but Jesus, like. Never was it more relevant, like, because, you know, any, you know, say, any report that comes out, like, I mean, you know. So paid for by the person well, who wants. <laughs> that wants to sell his yeah. product, like, yeah. you know. So it's wonderful to have science and it's wonderful to have the antibiotics, but it has to be, science needs to be directed. Science needs to be directed, like, you know, because if it's not, like, it's, it's um, like, we can see what, you know, we're, we're, we're killing ourselves, like, in. Will the human story continue? Like I, I would have, I would have reservations about it. Like, but going back to the initial question, if I had you've a got, you've got rid of nitrogen. Did you do that? Uh, yes. Um, I'd address the whole slurry thing as well. Raw slurry is not good science, and um, you know, there was farmers getting seventy percent funding for putting up slatted houses in the barn, and um, where is that water going? Like, where is the slurry going? Like, where is it going? Like, it's put out and hilly land where there's only a few inches of, of, of soil to absorb it, like, you know. And again, I would question, like, the whole ethos and thinking about it, like, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean it's, 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 it's not, you know, it's not, like, the science behind it is, is, is absolutely crazy, absolutely crazy, like, and... Um, and the plastic. And the plastic, like, yeah. so nitrogen, raw slurry, Plastic are three things. That Thank you. Thank you very much for getting Maybe rid of them. To tell me shut up. No. no, it's not at all. But I think it's really important that people yeah. get a voice. Yeah. And that's why the podcasts are so boring. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's maybe, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I don't intend to, ho I don't like believe in holding the high moral ground or like, the answers for everything. Like, But, but it's a conversation. It is a conversation. And I, I always valued, like, I'm a free person. Yeah. I mean, I'm a free person and there's people that has that, it houses good friends of mine and all that, and that's fine, that's their opinion, but this is mine, like, and, mm. um, like, it's, it's, it's what's happening, like, 
it needs to, it needs to stop. It needs to change. We have to put a different plan in place. Like you know, we have to. I often say, as a farmer, the biggest drawback I have, I'm dealing with a public that's 95% ignorant of how food is produced. Maybe if we had a more enlightened mm. consumer, they might demand food from coming from different areas, you see. Like, yeah. And I think that is the whole problem, mm. that we are dealing with this public mm. that um, doesn't know anything about how food is produced. Like, but I, I think that's exactly it. So what even the Borough Nature Sanctuary, yes. trying to get people in to yes. nature is the first step because, you know, you can't fall in love with someone you haven't met. You have to bring them there and give people a reason to be in nature. And once they meet nature or a plant or an animal, a rabbit, a goat, then they start to care about it and want it. They're interested in conservation. And it all goes from well, there. It opens but it's avenue the of, engaging yeah, people, it's engaging, the initial yeah, yeah. step, which is yeah. so difficult. It's, but I mean, we came to our little garden over there and I often say, like to people, like if I was to measure in financial terms what I put into that, I wouldn't, wouldn't even make a euro an hour. And it's not a little garden; it's a whole field well, of vegetables but, 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 that Patrick has planted. But the point I make, the point I'm making is like, like if I was to measure that in financial terms, like meanwhile, you cannot put a price on good food. Yeah. You cannot, and we have replaced in 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 the West, like the Western ethos, like we've replaced. If we, if, if we go back when I was growing up, like, you know, we've replaced good food with medication. Mm. You know, every town has two or three pharmacies. Like, we've replaced good food with medication. There was one pharmacy or the wires in an assignment when I was growing up, like, and now they're all over the place. Like, so, um, well, <laughs> it's great to have no, them. Yeah, use them yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it's great but to it's, have them. You use it sensibly. Like, use but it sensibly. But we have to go back to, to growing real food again, yeah. eating real food again. Um, anyway, yeah, up you. Ireland. Anyway. Up Ireland. <laughs> up Clare. Up Galway. Up. Oh. <laughs> I hope they didn't hear me. But um, thank you so much, Patrick. Because, I mean, there's been 11 interviews so far, and two people have already mentioned Patrick. And Patrick's a farmer in the middle of the burn. Um, so a voice that is inspiring um, has already inspired a lot of people. So this, hopefully this message will go far and wide. And thank you so much again, Patrick. Thank you for listening to Nature Magic. We're thrilled with all the feedback and happy to say we reached number one in Ireland in the podcast Nature category. A big thank you to all the listeners. Borough Nature Sanctuary is now open from Wednesdays to Sundays, 10 till 6. All our staff have completed COVID-19 Fortune Ireland Safety Charter training. The feedback about our new one-way system and social distancing measures has been positive so far. Everyone has seemed happy and even kind enough to have given us a few more five-star ratings on Google and Facebook. Some exciting news is the Nature Magic book will be launched on Amazon on the 28th of July. So drop us a note to join the pre-launch team and get it at the amazing price of 99 cent on launch day. Find out about all our strategies to engage people with nature, from the fairy pig walk to school tours, how to meet wild herbs, make natural skincare, or even make a free audio app for your local nature walk. We aim to tackle the biodiversity crisis one step at a time. The first step is getting people back to nature. For any questions or suggestions, I can be contacted at mary at Thank you.